0: Good morning why don't we stand we're gonna worship um, it's super clear to me I mean at this moment that like God's doing something in each of our lives and there's this journey part to it and and I just feel like today it's exciting because the Holy Spirit just really wants to equip us to do the journey right and so God I just ask right now that as we are in your presence, Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Come and do what you want to do here in each of our hearts, minds, and bodies today, God. If you want healing, do it. If you want an understanding of something deeper that you're doing in our story, God, do it. We're here for you. In Jesus' name.
1: to
2: today, Lord. Let's just continue our worship this morning, calling on the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, well, I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through chance. prayer today. Goliath, but I've got my own child so God my god Same God, you are because He's our provider, you were provider. Lord, come and fill me again. Let's ask Him one more time. Come and fill, come and fill me again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, God. How great you are, Jesus. Sing it out, then sings my soul. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. God, may our minds be ever just blown by your majesty god forgive us for the times when we put you in a box when we think that we have you all figured out lord that the person that we get to interact with is the living god the very creator of the universe and god i pray today Lord, in a new way, may we experience your love for us. God, that you call each one of us a son and a daughter, that you welcome us with open arms. God, we are grateful for the opportunity to be with you. And Lord, we ask, help us to clean ourselves of every expectation, every desire, everything that we carry with us. Lord, we lay those things at your feet and we invite your spirit to meet us here today. We pray all of this in the beautiful and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue our worship today.
3: name it is. Amen. Will you join me as we boldly approach the throne this morning? God, we come into your presence, God, having spent time worshiping at your throne. And God, we just thank you that your name is the name above all names. Yours is the name that conquers and breaks and delivers. So God, we pray this morning that you meet each and every one of us with the powerful name of Jesus Because it it doesn't matter what we're facing today, God, in it, God, you have already won the battle. You've already cleared the cleared the field. And we just get to walk into that victory. So today, God, we come claiming the name of Jesus over the spaces where we're broken. Over the spaces where um, we need, God, we need you to conquer our sin. Over the spaces, God, where We literally need you to provide for what we need today. God, you know each and every need, and I ask that, Holy Spirit, you just fall powerfully today. We pray that not just here at All Shores, God, but we pray that over your whole church. We pray especially over our missionaries, the Paravantes and Czech Republic. God, as their son is facing some serious health conditions, God, you are the healer ask that you place your healing hand upon him, God, and you bring complete healing, that God, you restore the things the enemy has stolen, his speech, his physical development, God, that you bring all things, God, under your healing hand, where sin has broken things, God, will you bring your healing hand and restore it all. We also pray for um, our brothers and sisters at St. Paul United Church here, God, in our community. God, whatever Holy Spirit is doing in that space today, God, will you just magnify the name of Jesus? Will you take the unconverted places, God, and convert them to know the saving power of Jesus Christ and make them, God, testify to everyone that they know of your love and your goodness and your grace? God, I pray that over us today, God, that you might fill us um, to go and overflow that you might speak a word to us that converts and transforms us, God, closer to your heart. God, we pray all this in the powerful holy name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome, you may have a seat this morning. If you're here on campus, if you're here joining us online, welcome, we're so glad to see each and every one of you. If you are visiting with us, welcome. Thank you so much for spending time here at All Shores with us. We would love to get to know you better. We have a connection card that you can go online and fill out. Um, or there's even one back at the kiosk if you prefer paper and pencil. So we just uh, would love the opportunity to be able to send you a card in the mail and say thank you for being here this morning. If you are also someone who's been here for a little while and you've just been kind of flying under the radar because it's a big church, we also want you to fill out that connection card because we really truly want to engage deeper with you. We're gonna enter into a time of giving and this is our worship back to God. I always tell the kids, man, we well, God loves a cheerful giver someone who comes ready generously with open hands and so if you've come prepared to give this morning there is a box out in the lobby as you leave or you can also go online and give that way if you're not sure how to give online then please stop at the kiosk and we'll be glad to help you get all set up to be able to do that but man our our time is our worship it's our way of saying god we trust you we know that you are our great provider And we give back just a portion of what you've given to us, trusting that you will provide everything that we need. So thank you for being a generous church and giving in that way. And we just have an announcement about what's happening next week. So turn your eyes to the screen.
4: Hi, I'm Thad Spring. I'm the Global Outreach Pastor at All Shores Wesleyan. And today, we're going to have a global lesson about pancakes. You might call them different names, hotcakes, cakes flapjacks silver dollars or one of my favorite panky regardless pancakes are a staple around the world you can find french crates you can get russian blinis you can have an ethiopian injera and we have a team going to ethiopia in october and in order to help that team go we are hosting a pancake breakfast next sunday august 13th at all three of our campuses And we want to invite you to come out and join us for our pancake breakfast. Bring your friends, bring your family, join us. Have all the pancakes that you want. Donations for the pancake breakfast will go to our team in Ethiopia. Hope you'll join us.
3: Over the next few weeks, we get to just highlight many of the ministries that make all shores, all shores here. And I am Amy Sheridan, the kids pastor. I oversee our three campuses, kids ministry programs. And yes, we do have a kids ministry here. It's downstairs. You have to kind of weave your way down there. But I get the privilege of working with an incredible team of people who are committed to this next generation. And this past week, I had the privilege of going to the Global Leadership Summit surrounded by lots of people just pursuing wisdom um, in their leadership. And I think the wisest words that I actually heard were as I was greeting that morning, Pastor Ralph stopped me, and he said, did you know, in the race of the heart for the next generation, the first one there wins. And I just thought that was so profound. The first one there wins the heart of the next generation. I think you and I can both agree that This next generation needs to know the love of Jesus. They need the hope of the gospel. And we believe at All Shores that it's going to take all of us together in order to impact the next generation who are our future leaders, our future pastors um, that we get to invest in. And so I believe that there's three big ways that we can all work together because it really does take a team and it does take lots of spiritual gifts in order to get there. We have seen great growth in kids' ministry. In 2021, we had about 180 kids attending kids' ministry. And since beginning of this year, we've had 353 kids come to kids' ministry. So, um, woo, that's exciting. Because we just get, man, we just get like an hour and a half on Sunday to share God's love. One of my volunteers said, man, it's about sitting down and engaging with kids and connecting with them in a world that's not connected and sharing Um, my heart to build awe and wonder about who God is and about how God loves them. And it really is simple of that. We incorporate a lot of play into what we do because we need to just spend time connecting with the hearts of kids. And so I'm inviting each and every one of you into one of three ways that you can be a part of just forwarding, winning the heart of the next generation for Jesus. One is I need prayer partners. You know, it is a big endeavor to be able to reach your community for Jesus Christ when it comes to kids. Um, Our teachers are in the public schools facing a lot of hard things. I would love a prayer team who really is invested um, in what I send out each month, praying over those things to help kids and families know um, our love and our support. And then secondly, uh, I always need people to serve, and it's in the craziest ways, right? Like in tech, in worship, things you wouldn't imagine. I do need teachers and small group leaders, but, man, it's in all the spiritual gifts. Greeters, we have a big lobby downstairs. Come check it out. Um, All of those rules are welcomed in our kids' ministry. And then lastly, we get to outreach to our community in Muskegon, Coopersville, and Spring Lake this fall by just going and loving the community um, with a fall fest, a trunk or treat. And so we would love if you are willing to, to uh, donate time or give candy to that event as we reach out in love to our neighbors. So thank you for listening uh, to a little highlight of Kids Ministry. I welcome you to come to the lemonade stand that's in the back. Enjoy some lemonade. And let me hear about any dreams the Holy Spirit is giving you about reaching the next generation. We're going to enter into a time of teaching now, and we have the privilege of hearing from Pastor Dave Horn, and he's going to start a new series called Inside Out.
5: Welcome, everyone. It is great to be here. I am celebrating Michigan summer. Has it not been incredible? I mean, you turn on the news, every place in the world is having a heat wave, and we are just perfect. So, this is your time to celebrate. You know, you've suffered through the winter, so you need to enjoy it, all right? We are one church in three locations, and I want to welcome everyone from Coopersville, from Muskegon. Uh, here in Spring Lake and then online. Hi, Mom. Uh, I feel so at home here. This feels just natural to be here. Uh, I've known Pastor Pete and Jane for 30 years. We worked together here at All Shores for 16 years. When I came on staff, it was 1999. Dang, I'm old, right? So um, this has just been such a great place for me. Pastor Pete has meant so much in my own journey of faith, and I'm so grateful to God for this place. We have incredible staff, pastors, leaders, church board, volunteers, amazing people, and this is your opportunity to cheer. Yes. All right. Good, good. That took you a little bit, but we're going to, you know, you're getting into it. So um, we're starting a new series today, as Amy mentioned, called Inside Out. And it's a simple idea that is at the heart of the Christian faith. The series is all about our need to experience good news so that we can share good news. Our love for others flows out of our connection with God God always moves by starting on the inside and then moving outward. That's how it works. Get it? That's what this series is all about. And I want to invite you to allow God to speak to you today. I love the tradition that we have where we pause where we slow down, where we breathe slowly, where we recognize that transformation happens not through information, but through revelation. So let me just give you a moment to pause, to breathe slowly, to recenter your scattered senses upon the presence of Almighty God. Say your own prayer now, just inviting God to speak to you. We simply say, come, Holy Spirit. Well, this inside-out pattern that I just talked about is something that you see throughout the scriptures. Taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. It's an invitation to experience God's presence. I love that it's kind of a, hey, try it. You know, taste and see. What do you think? We want to experience God's presence presence, to take refuge in him, to trust in him, to depend upon him, and then share what we're experiencing with those around us. Jesus says here to the Pharisees, he says, blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean as well. Do you see this same pattern here? I think You know, when we read Pharisees, sometimes we think that's for someone else, but that's actually for us religious types. And, you know, Jesus is saying here, take care of what's happening on the inside, your character, your own walk of faith, and then bring that to those around you. And then from 1 John, we love because he first loved us. It's so simple but profound. When we experience God's love, then we share God's love. When we depend on him, when we've found that grace, then we give that grace to others. When we've been forgiven, then we can share that forgiveness with those around us. When we feel known and loved by God, then we have that freedom to share With others. Now, this week, I actually read a study that said in the last 25 years, 40 million Americans have stopped attending church. I heard some, whoa, yeah. And, and I think when we hear stats like that, it's tempting to kind of go, oh, boy, the, the culture, you know, the culture's really going to heck, you know, or, or that younger generation, boy, they don't really, you know, they're not as committed as we are. We're tempting to look outside, but I want us to look inside. The themes you see in the scripture are that, that, that God so often says, you know what, where it starts is in the people of God, looking inward. I think our energy would be better spent there. We're living during a time when people are extremely cynical and skeptical of the church. It seems like every few weeks a new documentary comes out, doesn't it? where some Christian leader has allowed their their gifting or their talent to way outpace their character and their inner life. We have had several decades of decline in how Christians are viewed. We don't have the best reputation. So let's get back to this inside-out perspective Rich Valotis put it this way. I love this quote. Deeply formed mission is first about who we are becoming before what we are doing. Our most effective strategy in reaching a world for Christ is grounded in the kind of people we are being formed into. The quality of our presence is our mission. I love that. My last job, I traveled quite a bit, and I kind of have the flight attendant thing down. So, ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the seatbelt sign. Please fasten your seatbelts by placing the metal fitting into the buckle, pulling the strap to tighten. To release, lift the faceplate on the buckle. In the unlikely event of a water landing, a flotation device is located under your cushion. In case of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, a mask will drop down from the ceiling above you. Take the mask, put it on your face first, and breathe slowly before you help those around you. Right? Now, I think that's great advice, from a flight attendant because you're absolutely useless to the people around you if you're passed out. But it's also really good advice for us on our spiritual journey. Put on your own oxygen mask first. Make sure that you're connected to God, that you're growing in your faith. Then share that good news with those around you. So, what does it look like for us? What does it look like to put on our own oxygen mask first? Or to put it another way, how do we more deeply experience good news so that we can share that good news with others? See, one of the problems I think that we have, or one of the problems that I know I have is that I often confuse knowing about God with knowing God. You see the difference? You know, this has been super true for me. I, I hold a master's degree in God, okay? So, so I've been so tempted to believe that I could somehow learn my way to a deep and vibrant faith, It doesn't work very well. We don't learn our way into a deeper faith. It's not one more book, one more podcast, one more sermon that is somehow going to make us wonderful followers of Jesus who feel close and connected to him. Now, there is nothing wrong with learning. Nothing wrong with learning. But more knowledge doesn't equal more love and connection with God. I don't think we have an information problem. We have a connection problem. You can amen that if you want. That's fine. We don't have an information problem. We have a connection problem. And so I want us to look at a passage to help us discover what it looks like to put on our oxygen mask first. To stay connected to God. Listen to what Jesus says to those who are beginning to follow him. This is from John chapter 6. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. In John's gospel, this is the first of seven I am statements. Jesus uses all of these different metaphors. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the gate, the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Jesus is using these different metaphors to clarify and to correct their expectation of Messiah. See, the crowd wanted a Messiah who performed miracles, who restored political power, who took care of all their physical needs. But Jesus seems to be interested in something very different. Now, here's the thing. I think we often misread the stories of Jesus, too. We often misread what the Bible is talking about. We assume the Bible is just telling us how to get to heaven when we die. We make it, in in our desire to make it so simple and understandable, we miss the good news for right here and right now. When the Bible talks about eternal life, it's primarily talking about relationship with God, not a new location that we escape to. Did you catch that? The Bible's talking about eternal life being relationship with God, not not just an escape hatch to heaven. Eternal life is about knowing Jesus. Jesus came to rescue us, to be with us, to renew all creation. God wants to transform us on the inside and then deploy us out into the world. We don't have an evacuation theology. We have a restoration theology. I'm going to say that again so you can amen that one because I think it's so good. We don't have an evacuation theology. We have a restoration theology. We're not just praying a prayer and waiting to go to heaven. We're getting to know Jesus and be transformed by his presence and sent out to a world in need. Now, if you look at all of John's, uh, of uh, this chapter, chapter 6, you see a fascinating dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. It begins with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Then he walks on water. And this text tells us that the crowd has grown huge. All these people are coming from all over because they want to see the miracles. Now, if you can just imagine, like, during Coast Guard Fest, I know some of you guys want to imagine that it's over, and it is. So those of you from are from Grand Haven, you know, breathe. It's going to be okay, all right? But imagine if across the channel in Grand Haven, some dude walked across there on the water. Then he showed up at the the little gazebo there where the concerts are, and he just passed out elephant ears, and they would not stop. (laughs) People would come from all over. I mean, it would be pandemonium. That's what happened. But what's super interesting about this chapter is you get to the end and this is what it says. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Their disappointment was all about Jesus not meeting their expectation. Early on in my faith journey, two of my best friends died. One from AIDS, the other from cancer. And while they were suffering and going through treatment, a family friend came to me and told me that their healing was up to me. I needed to convince my friends to have enough faith and to trust God for their healing. Their expectation was that if I believed hard enough and said the right kind of prayers, God would heal them. And as I watched both of them die, it rattled my faith. I want you to just sit with that for a minute. Are there ways in which you're disappointed with Jesus? Are there ways in which he's not met your expectations? See, these places of hurt and disappointment are the places God wants to meet you. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you, to give you a clearer and deeper picture of who he is. God can handle your doubt and disappointment. Jesus replied, you know, let's, let's focus on this last statement. Jesus replied, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now it's likely, it's likely that this passage might remind some of you of another uh, occasion in scripture. In John chapter four, Jesus meets with a Samaritan woman at the well. If you remember that story, there's a lot of similarities to what Jesus is saying here. And Jesus is saying that knowing him is like the basic need we have for food and water. Our connection with him is absolutely essential. His presence is what sustains us. Notice that Jesus' invitation here is for whoever. He says it twice whoever comes to me, whoever believes in me. That is good news, friends. I think so many of us grow up maybe wondering if the good news is for us, feeling like somehow. We are not loved, not chosen, not included. Maybe some of you grew up with some bad theology that that God only chooses some people or only loves some people. Jesus is giving an open invitation here to everyone. Everyone is invited to experience his presence and be satisfied. Next, notice these words, uh, come and believe. This is our part. This is what we do. Jesus is making an offer available to anyone, but it involves our turning toward and trusting in him. This word belief in the original, John uses it a hundred times in the book of John. In his gospel, 100 times. He loves this word, believe. It's a theme throughout the whole book. But the meaning, I think, is is different than we typically think. The meaning of this word, belief, isn't just knowing certain facts about Jesus are true. Like somehow we have a quiz and we got the answers right. And look, I believe. No, that's not what this word speaks of. Believe means more that we're trusting and depending upon him. Belief has a relational element to it. It's not an informational element. It's a relational element. Belief is more about building a connection than it is about getting all the details correct. Now, this is where I think we should just breathe a collective sigh of relief. Like, we don't have to know all the right things to somehow earn God's favor, to somehow, you know, pass the test and make it in like, oh, I believed all the right things. What God wants is a relational connection with us. It's not about getting all the details correct. Well, Three years ago, I went through a, a period of, not really sleeping well. I was super stressed out. I was not enjoying life. I couldn't really figure out what was happening in me. But I knew I was not doing well. I mean, physically, I'd noticed my heart racing. Uh, I often had that pit in my stomach, like just anxiousness. Mentally, my thoughts were scattered. I had real difficulty, like zeroing in, being able to focus and finish something. Spiritually, I felt distant from God. I felt abandoned by God. My theology, oh, man, I had it dead on, right, could have passed every test, smoked you guys and all the Bible quiz. You know, I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't my problem. <laughs> my problem wasn't a knowledge problem. My theology was right, but it wasn't translating into any kind of meaningful connection with God. My emotions circled around discouragement, frustration, and apathy. I knew all kinds of information, but I was not making it a priority to just be with God, to be in his presence. And God used these words, come and believe, as an invitation for me to be with Jesus. And my hope is that he's doing that today. My hope is that in in some way you're hearing Holy Spirit's invitation. Come and believe. I want to focus lastly on this idea of bread because I think it's a fascinating metaphor that Jesus uses here. Why does Jesus choose this metaphor to correct and clarify what it means to know him? Well, there are two things that were absolutely essential for your survival in the ancient world. Bread and water. I mean, you didn't make it very many days without those. Bread and water were essential. It's hard for us to imagine this. You know, when we set out on a long journey, we're kind of thinking Cracker Barrel and Chick-fil-A. You know, like if I can just get to the exit at the right time, you know, I'm going to be good. But in the ancient world, when you traveled, if you didn't have bread and you didn't have water, you didn't make it. You didn't show up to your grandma's house. The Jewish people had a completely different mindset. Their ancestors had wandered in the desert for 40 years and all the time they survived on two things, bread and water. Now, there's some history that I think gives us some context to what Jesus is saying. Jesus refers to Moses in this passage. And so let me just catch you up real quickly. If you don't know some of this history, God's people were held as slaves in Egypt. Moses is chosen by God to lead the people out of bondage and into freedom. And their escape is realized through 12 plagues where finally Pharaoh is forced to release them. And now comes the hard part. Two million people wandering in the desert for 40 years. That's where the bread comes in. Oh, man, you had to have it. And God provides bread from heaven called manna that sustains two million people for 40 years. Every day they experience God's miraculous provision. There were three simple rules concerning manna. This manna, this bread from heaven, number one, it had to be gathered daily. You couldn't stockpile. You couldn't say, you know, I'm going to go out just on Monday, get everything I need for the week. No, you couldn't stockpile. Only on the day before Sabbath could you gather extra so as to not work on the Sabbath. Every day demanded a fresh encounter with God's provision. Secondly, manna had to be collected personally. Each family went out and picked up what they needed. You couldn't get a wagon and start a side hustle. You guys want to sleep in? Got you covered. You can't do that. The rule was your family gets what you need, not someone else. Take personal responsibility. And then finally, manna had to be a priority. Later on in the morning, it would melt away. It would rot. It would be completely useless. So for 40 years, Your survival depended upon daily, personally, making it a priority to gather what you need. Seeing the connections? I mean, can you imagine the life lesson for the people of God? The bread is there, but they had to go out and get it. Every day they had to receive it, and Jesus is saying that his presence in our lives is available to us, but we need to come and we need to believe. We're renewed and strengthened when we trust and depend upon him. His presence in our lives is like basic nutrition. Without it, we can't make it. So God should be our daily, personal, priority. I'm currently working one-on-one with people as a a spiritual director and helping them kind of companion with them so that they can experience God's presence in their lives. It's been a great shift for me. I went through a two-year process, a cohort to be trained in this way and It's been so life-giving for me. I'm using my my pastoral, my leadership, my experience that I've, I've had throughout the years to help people develop vibrant faith. And as I sit with people, two of the themes that I hear so often are these. One is the demands of life have left them so exhausted that they find it almost impossible to have deep relationships with other people and a growing relationship with God. And secondly, there's this gnawing thought in their minds that they wonder if they're doing enough for God and they struggle to believe God really loves them. Can anybody relate to those? Just feel like you're not enough, feel like there's not any margin available to have deep relationships with others and with God. I mean, think about it. Very little margin and a perspective of God that he's never really quite happy with you. That is not a great recipe for meaningful connection. So I want you to wrestle with this idea as we, as we start this series. Wrestle with this idea of what would it look like for me to lean in to this idea of growing my inner life, my inner world with God. Ask yourself these questions. Or these questions. (laughs) There we go. Is Jesus like bread and water, something I need every day? Or is his presence more like dessert? An optional extra when I want to treat myself. Do I see God's presence in my life more as a gift I receive or just as a reward when I put in the hard work? <laughs> Do I generally feel like I'm on good terms with God or that I'm never really measuring up? Do I often feel like he's a bit disappointed in me. See, how we think about God has a profound impact in how we experience his presence in our lives. So maybe some of you just need to sit with these questions to receive a new picture of who God is, that he's interested in you, that he wants to be with you. And I hope you hear this not as a not as a like one more thing on your to-do list, but as an invitation from God. Whether this is your first time in church or you've been killing it and you've you know got the attendance records and all the gold stars, whichever way it is, God wants to meet with you. And it's not so much about learning more about God, but it's about being with God. What would it look like for you to bring your disappointment, Your doubt, your sadness, your pain, your weariness, your confusion. What would it be like to just bring that to God? Let me just give you a minute of quiet. I'll stop talking and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Hear this prophetic invitation from Isaiah 55. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised. Holy Spirit, speak to us now, we pray. Amen. Each week we participate in the Lord's Supper together, and I think the scripture that we've looked at today is a beautiful invitation to receiving communion together. Carter's going to lead us, and then I'll come back up and lead us through communion. Let's worship. Let's stand
2: together. I've heard the accusation and I've heard the propaganda I've heard the lies they whispered to my soul That I have been forsaken and I'll always be forgotten No matter what I do, it's not enough But then I heard a voice as it opened up the heavens, reminding me of who I've always been. I am your beloved, you have bought me with your blood, and on your head you written There's no accusation or any condemnation when I look into my father's eyes. Oh, and they don't see my sin; they only see redemption. This is how my heart has been defined. Well, hey, I can hear. Wow.
5: Love our tradition here at all Shores that our communion table is open to anyone. Especially fitting that we've looked at a passage where Jesus makes it clear, whoever comes to me, whoever believes in me. So if this is a meaningful part of your spiritual journey, then please partake together. The night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, He gave it to his disciples. Said, so This is my body given for you. Freedom, forgiveness found in my name. Let's take and eat together. Just think of that scripture. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, whoever believes in me, what an invitation we have. Let's receive now the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. God, we thank you so much for this gift, the gift of your sustaining presence, this reminder tangibly that we are your beloved. We love you and we worship you now.
2: Oh, the could change the Father's love as I am To feed it all my shame. Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to worship with you all today, to discover the love of the Father, just as Dave shared. And one tactical way we have for you guys this next month as we gather together is a reading plan. And you can find it online at allshores.org insideout we also have a few limited print copies at the connection booth and so if you'd like a print copy feel free to go there grab one but I think it'll be so good to engage in
5: scripture together over this next month. To hold out your hands to receive a blessing this morning may you know today God's love for you. May you experience his sustaining presence. May you hear the Holy Spirit's invitation to come and believe. And then may you, filled with that spirit, experiencing God's grace, go and share that good news with those around you. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.